you have been blessed and I believe that God will add a little measure to it tonight let us pray father in the name of Jesus we thank you for your spirit that is evident in this place I ask by the power of that same spirit that as your people are gathered to Jesus that you will grant me utterance that I will speak as your oracle that your word will go forth in simplicity but in accuracy and with power that our hearts will be established in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's turn our Bibles to Rome, yeah, Romans chapter 14 and uh, read from verse 17. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. Um, like your pastor said, I teach, so I use a lot of scriptures. All right, Romans 14 and verse 17. So this, even I want to teach on acceleration through the joy of the Lord, right? How the joy of the Lord, expressing joy in God and rejoicing, brings about speed to our lives. Now in Romans 14 here, 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is not in meat or not meat and drink. But it tells us it is righteousness, it is peace, and a joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy. If you read it literally, it reads, and righteousness, peace, and joy produced by the Holy Ghost. So this is a righteousness, this is a peace. Paul spoke about it, a peace that passeth all understanding. And this is a joy that Peter said, unspeakable, full of glory. And these three things are produced by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll be centering on joy this evening. And why am I doing that? If we look at Joel chapter 1 and verse 12. Joel chapter 1 and verse 12. Joel spoke here and said, The vine is dried up, and the fig tree languisheth. Pomegranate tree and the palm tree also, and the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered. Now, what they had was an agroeconomy, which means an economy that was based on agriculture. So, if you looked at it in today's all right, language, when you say the vine was dried up, it means one section of his business was dried up. Another languishes. Another, it says there's all the trees, all the departments were withered away. And Joel asked why. 
And God answered, it's because joy is withered away from the sons of men. In other words, when joy withers in your heart, the work of your hands dry up. You raise the level of joy in your heart, you raise your productivity on the outside. In other words, you find any business that goes south. You find any ministry that you once head off, and now it's going south. Everything is withering away. Right? You go and check, something happened that affected their level of joy. Something happened that affected the rejoicing. Maybe somebody or group of people in that business did something and it affected the level of joy of people there and everything begins to wither. Now, in the light of this, we'll therefore understand what Habakkuk was saying in Habakkuk 3 and verse 17. And Habakkuk said this, He said, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be found in the vines. I went to the labor of the olive and it failed. And the fields I went in and they yielded no meat. And the flock were cut off from the fold. And there was no head in the stalls. He said, I will turn everything around this way. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. In other words, it's a joy that is not produced by progress on the outside, but it's produced by the Holy Ghost. And when it's produced by the Holy Ghost, then it produces progress. So manifestations don't give us joy. Joy gives us manifestations. The harvest doesn't make us rejoice. We rejoice and it brings about the harvest. Are you following the other here? So the Holy Spirit, independent of your environment, will create a joy unspeakable, full of glory. Which means without any improvement on the outside, you have broken into a joy that you cannot even utter. And it says with that, it changes everything on the outside. So Habakkuk said, everything dried up, but I know how to turn everything around. I will enter into the joy of the Lord. And then it tells us this, I will rejoice in the Lord and join the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like the hind's feet, which fits with the theme of your convention. Literally, Habakkuk said, the Lord will accelerate my progress. In other words, you see all of this that is going bad. He said, wait and come in six months my progress will have been accelerated because I understand that it's with joy you draw water out of the wells of salvation. In other words, everywhere is withering there because there is no water with joy, I will draw it out and bring it forth. Now, I want to teach something here. Right? That the Lord impressed on my heart recently. Strongly. And it's the fact that, and I heard Kenneth Hagin of Blessed Memories say this. But recently I came to understand it. He said, there is a move of the spirit that will be lost to this generation if it is not taught and demonstrated. 
And in the last 18 years of his life, he spent 15 years teaching on the move of the Spirit, having spent over 35 years teaching on faith. And then the last three years, he came back again to faith and healing before he went back, or I went home to be with the Lord. But he emphasized that. And he emphasized that when uh, there is a move of the Spirit, that there is always a demonstration of joy and the needs of the people are met. However, this is the point I'm getting to. He once said, when we say there is a move of the Spirit, we are not necessarily talking about the manifestations of joy in public space. He said, we are talking about the travail of the Spirit inside the believer until they get to a point where the old timers called, they prayed through on that particular thing. In other words, the move of the Spirit actually occurs in the closet when people are pushing through. And when that is done successfully, in their lives, what you will have will now be a demonstration of the Spirit. So if you attempt a demonstration without birthing it, it will be fake. Are you following what I'm saying? If you attempt a demonstration without first of all doing that, it will be. So when we speak about, all right, joy produced by the Holy Spirit, it is a joy that has come as a result of certain activities that have gone on in the background that he produces. So we want to look at how right and effective prayer leads or brings forth joy, the joy of the Lord that leads to great manifestations in your life. So privately, you can practice these things. That a genuine move of the Spirit is birthed in prayer and then demonstrated in the spirit of joy. Now remember that Paul said there were three things that actually uh, um, described God's kingdom. First was righteousness, and that's righteousness that is of faith. The second was peace, and the third was joy. Now just to tie these things up to prayer, quickly follow me to the book of Philippians and chapter 4, I will say something. Philippians chapter 4. And verse 6. Paul said, be careful for nothing. But in everything. Uh, the word careful means don't be anxious. Don't entertain the thoughts of anxiety about your future. But in every single thing, which means instead of worrying, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And then he went on and said, finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true. Now, you meditate on these things. Now, if we look at John chapter 16, 
and verse 23. It says here, Jesus said, and in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily I say unto you, in other words, you're not going to come to me the way you're coming to me here and touching the helm of argument and that. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive and that your joy might be full which is fullness of joy that comes as a result of that. Now, what did he mean by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request? And because of time, let me just quote the scripture. Sure, you know, and they can put it up. In Jeremiah 29 and verse 10, God spoke about the fact that they will be in bondage for 70 years. Then uh, in verse 11, he said, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, they are thoughts of peace. Remember Paul said, you will have the peace of God that passeth all understanding. So they are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. In other words, what produced the fearful thoughts and the anxiety was that you weren't sure what's going to happen. With all of these things happening here, images of terrible things coming to you and you get fearful. And he says, be anxious about nothing, communicate by prayer and supplication, and then the peace of God. And then God says, yeah, my thoughts towards you are thoughts of good and not of evil, or thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you the expected end. Now, remember Paul said, when you pray, he said, the peace of God that passeth all understanding will guard your heart. He now went on and said, finally, whatsoever things are true, if there be any good reports, praise, think on these things. In other words, God has answered your prayer. He has poured peace into your heart. He said, now make sure you think on the right things. Now, why was he saying this? When he answers prayer, according to Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, the thoughts that I think towards you are not thoughts of evil, but thoughts of peace. So give you the expected end. Then he went on and said, you will cry unto me and search for me with all of your heart. In other words, when you pray to God and you offer your supplication, God answers the prayer by, by pouring thoughts into your heart concerning that thing that replace the fearful thoughts and gives you thoughts about what will be the outcome. Now, are you following what I'm saying here? God answers prayers through thoughts. That is why and prayers are now manifested, the answers, by you thinking and keeping your mind on those thoughts. That's why James said if you are double-minded, you won't receive it. In other words, if your mind shifts, all right, today to what God said, tomorrow you are depressed about what you saw in the environment, then today you go up again. He said, if you are double-minded, you are not going to receive anything. So he pours his thoughts, and then you now receive those thoughts, and those thoughts bring about peace. And those thoughts, you will see, they bring about joy on the inside. And then you stay with those thoughts, and results come. 
But the point I'm getting to first of all is this. How then do I pray and offer supplication that will bring about the thoughts of God for my life concerning my future? Now, the meaning of the word prayer is, you know, the Bible says prayer and supplication. What does it mean to pray? A prayer is a petition, a formal written request. It's a legal word. It deals with the legal side of the issue. It follows the, what you call, acceptable legal guidelines. And then the supplication is the specific thing you want God to do in that particular situation. In other words, if there is a land tussle and a lawyer goes to court and he goes to the judge, let's say the, the, the land is located at a place called number 14, uh, Kutanu Street. Now, there's nowhere in the law of the country that a property in number 14, Kutanu Street, is written in Nigerian law. But he can cite areas in the law that he can now say, based on this law, I am now asking the court to intervene in specific terms on number 14, Kotanu Street. Do you get what we're saying here? So a prayer is that legal side. In other words, you are presenting to God what is in his will. Then when you make the supplication, you are now asking for something specific based on that particular will. Are you following what I'm saying? Look at Acts chapter 4. Let's look at the pattern. I'm going to look at Acts chapter 4. Let me show you what happened. When they threatened the apostles, they went to God in prayer. And see how they prayed. Verse 24. And when they had heard, they lifted up their voice unto the Lord in one accord. They said, you are the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Who by the mouth of David thou hast said, why did the heathen rage? And the people imagine vain things. The kings of the earth. So they were quoting Psalm 2. And they quoted that. They got to verse 28 and said, For to do whatsoever the hand and thy counsel determined before to do. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness. So the first part, when they were quoting the word of God to God, was the prayer. The supplication was based on this prayer. We are now asking that you intervene in this specific way in this situation. You understand what I'm saying? So if you are going to get the peace of God and enter into the joy of the Lord, two things must be there. The prayer and then your specific supplication. Which means you are asking for what you will in that situation. Now here's the problem. If a person says... My business is going down. My, I just lost my job. He now goes to God and wants to offer, pray to God. He now starts asking God, give me a job in that other company. God says, before you make your supplication, where is the word of God that covers this exact supplication? Now, follow what I'm saying. A business can be in problem, and it could be a management problem. It could be that you should change the entire business and move into something else. So you really don't know what is going on. Are you following what I'm saying? For you just to pray, a person can lose their job, and God wants to relocate them to another nation. 
It could be that God wants them to start a business. If they now go and make a supplication saying that this other company is bigger, can you give me a job there? They might be missing, which means you can go to court and they say your request lacks merit. So what happens during that time? Follow me, I'm going somewhere. Remember the Bible says, for the Holy Spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what to pray for as we ought. In other words, when you are in a situation, it is the business of the Holy Spirit to give you the scriptures that you use to make specific supplications. Which means if you make supplications and ask for specific things. You know, there was a man once, Bishop Francois was saying this. He said they were praying. And it seemed like it wasn't working. And the guy, man got up, one elder in one old church. And he said this in Yoruba, but in English he said, God, are you saying you won't hear a prayer? Are you telling me you won't hear what we're asking for? God, are you saying you won't hear this? He said, and the power manifested. That's a supplication based on definiteness. He understood what was God's will for that situation. That's where the Bible says in John, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. That word, it shall be done, means even if it's not in existence, I will create it. Now, listen to this, where I'm going somewhere. But this is even what you are willing. But it's based on that. So quickly, what happens? You say, well, I need this power of acceleration. I'm coming there. Right? So the first thing you do is, if I don't know what is going on, the Spirit will help your infirmity. And he will make intercession for you, which means start praying in tongues, with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now follow this. It says, and he that searcheth the heart, knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. So the spirit knows what he's praying. He, he knows what to be prayed in that situation. Knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. For he maketh intercession according to the will. That means that will you don't know. The spirit is making intercession according to that will. Now here's the problem. If it was God that was searching the hearts of the spirit. But the spirit is praying according to his will. So God knows what the spirit is praying. So who is the one that is doing the search? It is your own spirit that is doing the search when you are praying in tongues to find the relevant scriptures that fits into that particular situation so that after that, that's what the Bible says, I will pray with the Spirit then with the understanding. After that, I can make an exact request known to God. Following what I'm saying here, look at Proverbs chapter 27. 20. Proverbs 20. Remember Jesus said, out of your belly, your innermost being shall, or your belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Now, Proverbs 20. And verse 27. It tells us, the spirit of man is what? The candle of the what? Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. And that's where the Holy Ghost is. Hear what Job said. Job 29 and verse 2 to 4. Powerful thing. When Job was in trouble, he said, I wish I could just go back to those days. 
He said, oh, that I was in months past, in the days when God preserved me. When his candle, remember the spirit of man is the word candle of the Lord. So when his candle of my spirit shone upon my head, that's where your thoughts are. When by his light I walked through what? Darkness. So it was the spirit supplying thoughts to, all right, the mind of Job. And that's how Job was walking through darkness. So you spend time in prayer. In fact, I checked this. I said, well, if this is correct, then let me look at the definition of what Erema is. And Vine's Exposition Dictionary, where we get fundamental definition of Greek words, says it is an individual scripture or portions of scripture which the Spirit brings to our remembrance for use in time of need. Prerequisite being the regular storage of it in your mind. So if you are going through a situation now and you start praying in tongues and your mind gets quiet, the Holy Ghost will remind you of a particular scripture. Somebody was in a desperate situation and I was praying for the person. At 2 a.m. I got up, I said, that scripture is in the Psalms. Now, how did I know? I remembered as I was praying, I said, how did this come to me? About 20 years ago, I was in a service. And my pastor back then, Pastor Olivia Johnson, said that the Psalms have the highest amount of messianic prophecies. Everything you have heard from Jesus is lodged somewhere. Every message that struck you, those scriptures are lodged in your being. A lengthy time of praying in tongues will bring about that light. If it doesn't come that way because you have heard nothing, then the Holy Ghost will guide you to the truth when you start reading the word. Now, once you are guided into the truth, then you can now make your own request known unto God. And here's where we get into joy. But I need to lay that foundation. When you make your request known unto God, then you stay in prayer until you break into a place where this is what we're saying. There are manifestations, which means you are praying the word of God like they did uh, the, 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 the church in Acts. They prayed until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You stay in prayer over that situation. And you spend time praying. Right? Things happen while you're praying in the Spirit. You spend time praying. If there's any problem, we don't spend enough time praying the word of God. Pray now that word, all right? And asking God, well, this is my request here, and you are praying. And uh, I start praying, uh, thoughts begin to come, which is guidance. Light begins to come into your heart. God can start showing you things. Greatest things you will ever do will come from thoughts that came as a result of praying in tongues. Greatest things you ever do. All right? When, for example, when we started platform, we were having a fast and I was pacing on church floor many years ago and I was praying and the thought came. And thoughts from the Holy Spirit do more than you think they would do. Because the plan was to have a seminar that would just have three to 5,000 people. 
But when you get thoughts from the Holy Ghost in your business, thoughts from the Holy Ghost in what you are doing, it is exceedingly abundantly above what you could have thought. Now, once you begin to do that and you are praying, and you are praying the word, that's the scriptures, Lord, you quote the scriptures, and you start praying your requests. And you enter into a place where there is peace, where there is joy. It means that the Spirit, all right, has been poured out afresh. Remember in Acts 4, the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, they quoted the word of God, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's read two scriptures. These are two scriptures I want to use. Go to Colossians 3 and verse 15. We can turn any situation around. All right? Anything around. Colossians 3 and 15. It says, All right. And let's. Sorry, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts unto the Lord. Essentially, Paul said the same thing in Ephesians 5 and verse 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein it's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. He says, speaking to yourselves, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, and making melody. In other words, when the word of God dwells richly in you in all wisdom, or when a person is filled with the Spirit, he said, the effect of it is always singing. It's always making what? Melody. It's always manifestations of joy. So when they took Psalm 2 and they prayed it, all right, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. It's like the word of God in that psalm dwelt in them in all wisdom. So they were filled with the Spirit. And Paul likened being filled with the Spirit to being filled with wine, which creates joy. In other words, it's a type of drunkenness. Now, drunk people do certain things very well. One thing about a drunk person is that all inhibitions are removed. You can be shy, all right, but once you are, a person gets drunk, all inhibitions are gone. So there is boldness. Drunk people laugh easily. Go to where people are drinking. Now, we're talking about praying through and then manifestations now. Right? Which you can do in your room. Get the scriptures, pray through, then get into the manifestations. So drunk people laugh. If you say, are you drunk? He laughs. You look drunk, he laughs. Number two, drunk folks sing easily. That's why in school, Kegat's Club, they must be singing. Because once wine, some of you are laughing like you are part of it. All right. <laughs> once wine comes inside, right, into you, you can't see them. They must be singing. 
And then the next thing you have is they are dancing. So drunk people dance. Even though it is uncoordinated, and as a friend said, they are dancing, not to, it looks like you are dancing not to the music, but to the lyrics. In other words, the, the body is moving differently from the, the sound. All right? Now, drunk people, you find men. I went to watch a match somewhere once, and they were drinking. And these men, bankers, oh, this was abroad, it was a World Cup, uh, drink, and, and they formed a choir. <laughs> and they were drinking beer, and they were staring, and there was a conductor, and I looked at this man. In their normal states, you won't catch them doing this. Are you following me? So what am I saying to you about joy? If you get to your office tomorrow morning and you are laughing or singing to an extent that somebody asks you what just happened to you, why are you so happy? It means it is about to happen. Now, do you get what I'm saying? When you get to a point, which means you can't be sorrowful and have manifestations. The truth about the matter is anytime you are depressed, it is a sign in the realm of the spirit that demonic activity is going over that situation you are depressed about. Cut it off now. In other words, open your mouth at that moment and say something to break those activities. All right? One day, many years ago, I laughed in the office one day, and someone who had been with me from school, she, 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 okay, she looked and said, Pastor, I've not heard you laugh like this in six months. I knew there was a problem. Because when people have not heard the sound of joy for long. So when you are flowing in joy, what happens is, you're right, you get in office, your hands say, what? what ah, ah. Now, let's quickly look at these manifestations. Job chapter 5 and verse 22. Now understand, we are not faking it. It's a product of what? The prayers. We found the word, we prayed it through. If any man be afflicted, let him pray. Then when he gets merry, let him do what? Sing psalms. Lester Sumrall said one time he was on a, a, a base, a friend reminded me this evening, you know, and you know, he, was, he said he, he got infected when he was missionary work and he collapsed. And as far as he was concerned, the other missionary had gone further, he, 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 was, he, was, he was dead. He said, and later on when he recovered, and they came and fetched, and he, he said, he came back, now yeah, remember that, he came back to himself after three days. Later on, he met a woman, and she said, you are Lester Summers? She said, yes. She said, at 2 a.m., sometime, she called the date, God woke me up to pray for Lester Summers. I said, I didn't know who you were. She said, I prayed until I got happy. He asked at what time it coincided with when he came back. If we stay long enough in prayer till we enter joy, why do you think Elijah is called the prayer of faith? But Elijah stayed there until something appeared. He said, I have the word. I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain. But you don't run on the revelation without birthing the revelation. 
He said, I heard the sound of the abundance. He said, but he stayed there in prayer until a hand appeared. Then he said, prepare, get on. Somebody else was in a chariot. When he broke through in the realm of the spirit, he got there faster than him. Acceleration there. So sometimes we hear the sound of revelation, but we don't pray that into existence. I was somewhere, Pastor, and I said this. Two of senior ministers in this country called me. One of them called me to come and preach for his leaders. And I just said this. I said, there are many people who have ministries today that were the sound of other people, but they prayed it. And they looked at me. Well, you know when an elderly person says, yes. You can preach a message and somebody else leaves the message. Somebody hears it. <laughs> Do you understand it? And breaths it. Job chapter 5 and verse 22. It says, at destruction and famine, thou shalt do what? Laugh. In other words, we are talking about manifestations of joy. If you are confronted with famine, that's lack, and destruction on the horizon, the Bible says, at it, laugh. Let me tell you, I have never laughed at any problem, stuck in its face, I don't know where it disappeared to. It always disappears. All right? We might look normal. But when we are confronted with things at 2 a.m. in our houses, when people are asleep and it's dark, we sit in our study and put off the light and at destruction and famine, we start laughing. We laugh by ourselves until we break into the spirit of laughter and we are on the floor. You say, Pastor, how can it work? It sounds foolish. The Bible says the carnal man, natural man, cannot receive the things because they are foolishness. If your actions don't look foolish, you are not receiving spiritual things. It says, at destruction and famine, thou shalt do what? Laugh. Are you following what I'm saying? Look at Psalm 2. Why do the kings, why do the heathen kings, heathen rage and kings imagine, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine very thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel. So you can look at this, there's politics in the office. You can see gathering against you. It says, against the Lord and his anointed. Let us break their bands, cast away their cords. He that sitteth in the heaven shall do what? Laugh. Now, so God laughs. All right? God is square. He laughs. However, this is not particularly talking about God alone. Because it says, he that sitteth. And you are seated together with Christ. Where are you seated? In heavenly places. So whoever is seated with Christ, when forces gather, they laugh. In other words, you take your position of authority. Can you imagine a 
small five-year-old boy come with a broomstick, I'm going to destroy you, I'm going to destroy you. You, you will laugh. <laughs> that, are you serious? So when you start laughing at Satan, look, you start laughing. He goes back, whoever demon is sent, that, that guy or girl, as they say, that one assigned. Let's leave that one. <laughs> laughing at what we want to do. No matter what you are doing, if people start laughing at you, you stop. You have to stop. You are doing a presentation in a boardroom, everybody's laughing. You stop. <laughs> Laughter at things demoralizes the spirit. Are you what I'm Listen. I'm saying this to you because this is important. You can get to the place, all right, where, you know, God says, shall I cause to, uh, shall I bring to the place of birth and not cause to bring forth? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb? To bring to the place of birth is revelation. To cause to bring forth is prayer. To open that womb is rejoicing. Go and read that scripture. The next thing he says, rejoice, O Jerusalem. Peter said, though we see him not, yet believe him. We rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of our faith. In other words, what you believe about yourself, you start receiving when you rejoice with joy, unspeakable. So there are many of you seated here that have heard the sound of the abundance. You believe certain things about yourself and you are waiting for it to happen. You don't wait. With joy, you draw. The Bible says that when the people began to praise God, then the earth yielded its increase. In other words, the earth begins to, you know, the scripture said, the earth shall bring forth, he knoweth not how. So, when you begin to praise, things start coming that you cannot explain. Next one we'll look at is dancing. Laughter, manifestation for challenges, destruction. But dancing, David said he turned my morning to what? Dancing. Now, let me, text me just came here. I was preaching this in Abuja, we laughed at and in um, Pastor Andy Osakwe's church. He said, man of God, stop. He called a deaconess and said, get up. He said, tell your story. She said she was going one day, and she had to rush somewhere. She got, and she about to enter into a taxi, and she had a check. There were three men there. But she said, look, I'll do it. She went in. said, as they took her after about two minutes, they just put a rope around her neck. And she understood what was going on. Before she knew what was happening, she was taken over by a spirit of laughter and started laughing. The man who pulled the rope told the driver, Oga, let's release this one. Let's, Oga, let's release this one. Let's release this one. Let's read. The man said, what, what I say? We've been all, since all these days, we've been trying to get somebody. We finally found somebody. Do you know how many drivers? I beg, let's be going, Joe. He tried again. She continued laughing. The man said, oh, God, now which? Now which? <laughs> Person know they laugh like this. Now which? <laughs> Next thing, the car hits a massive bomb and somersaulted and went into a ditch. 
The people ran to go and save them. They brought her out first and she was still laughing. They thought she had lost her mind. They put her on a place, went back for the three guys. They were dead. Now, dancing. He said, he has turned my mourning into dancing. Now, you're going to read this about prayer. In fact, that scripture that says, well, let me do that. Well, turn my mourning into what? Dancing. Now, mourning are things you regret. Things that have happened in the past that you look at and there's a sense that, you know, so you can have Christians that are mourning about things. What if I didn't do that? What if I did this? What if this didn't happen? What if that decision I took, I didn't take it? Why did I do that? If only I didn't do this. Why? If only, if this person didn't walk out of this. Is that, no, why? You know, sense of regret. But he says, he has turned my mourning into what? Dancing. And what you need to learn to do is to dance over things you regret. Now, hear what I'm saying. God showed me this way. He said, if you're in a car, if, if, if one's a brother and you're going and they put their GPRS system, and in the GPRS system, you punch your destination. And with many people, this is the way it is. They've punched their destiny. This is where I'm going. This is my vision. But today, why need to get there? Well, I fell among thieves and I got wounded. All right? I was heading here and the car went off the rail. He said, listen, when you're going, you punch your destination, and then you start going, and you hear a voice. So here's the guidance of the Spirit. He says, when you, he says, drive down this road, after the second turning on the right, or, or after 200 meters, take the second turning on the right. Then the first turning on the left. Then drive for 1.2 kilometers and take on the right. So you're following that. But you get somewhere and he says, when you get to the roundabout, take the first turning on the left. You took the roundabout and took the first turning on the right. You will never hear that voice say, yay. Oh, yay. What have you done? Ah, ah, reverse, reverse, reverse. Ah, what happens is the voice gets silent. And then after some time, it recalibrates your error to your destination. And then it tells you, take the second turning on the right. In other words, when it recalibrates the error into it, you might get there faster. Listen to me. I'm a preacher. No preacher tells the whole testimony of their lives. Because you have to go into places you don't want to go to. Are you following what I'm saying? People don't want to go into some places. You don't want to talk about it. Let me give an example here. Nobody under the sound of my voice has done this, I'm sure. But David took another man's wife and killed the man. Two offenses, adultery, murder. If he came to us for counseling and said, I have a problem, what will the counselor do? Hear what I'm saying. The first thing the counselor will say is go and return that man's wife. First go to your house and let's see what will happen. 
But when they came to David, David, they were coming, and David was looking. David said, is he dead? In other words, when David was praying, he knew that there was no release. He said, is he dead? He said, yes. David got up, washed himself, and began to worship and rejoice. Ah, the servants came and said, come, excuse me, sir. We were afraid. We didn't want to tell you because we felt, you. what is this you are doing? He said, if I go, it can't come back. There are some things that can never change. It has happened. David said, I can't sit in regret. He disconnected himself immediately. Look, you must have the courage to disconnect immediately. Do you understand? Look, some of you ladies are still talking about the guy that left three years ago. Who has married somebody else? Let them say you are hard. Be hard. He disconnected. Rejoiced. Went back to Bathsheba. How did she agree? He told her something. Solomon came out. The wisest king. The one who wrote Proverbs. Came out of adultery and murder. Adonijah, if Solomon wasn't there, who would have been king? Adonijah or Absalom? Legit produced error. Illegit produced accuracy. I'm telling you that, listen to me, if you dance over, rejoicing over, now you don't have to tell anybody, <laughs> just at night season, dance over that particular thing. You know something, that's a good man. Kenneth Copeland, came to Nigeria. He went to South Africa. I followed him just to go and hear him at a minister's conference. Well, like, just, like, half of this church were there, were people there. And then he said something. And that man, ah, he respects Bishop Edipo. Look, at the convention of Bishop Kibot, like, got on stage, the first person he called, he respects that man towards God. He said, how many of you people here know a man in Nigeria called Bishop Oedipo? And they said, um, a few people. He said, well, I was just coming from Nigeria. I preached first service, 50,000. Second service, 50,000. He said, I went to meet him. He said, I said, Bishop, come. You say, we taught you. In other words, we are your teacher. But what we are seeing, we haven't seen. What is the thing here? How did 50,000, he said, Bishop looked at him. You know, if Copeland asks him, it would be different from if we ask him. You have to answer Copeland from somewhere else because he knows every other thing. He said, everybody you see in this church, I dance them from the city into a... Remember when they were carrying the ark? They tried to use a new way. It didn't work. They went back and David said, the secret is dancing. As he was dancing, his wife looked out and saw David's dance. And she cursed him and said, you, you danced like a commoner today in the service. Your skin was showing, your flesh. I you took king like an ordinary man. Ah, David said, I've been keeping it. I didn't want to offend you. But today I will tell you why. God removed your father and put me there. He said, when I was keeping sheep, he said, this is what God saw the dance I was doing and said, that is my next king. If he can dance this way, 
Let him come and dance on the throne. It's like a lady brings her husband will say, well, we just got married. This is my guy. He's an investment banker. He comes to church. Oh, yeah, well, you will. And then praise and worship starts. And this guy starts. Hey, 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 ah. And she's like, relax now. Relax now. Hey, 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 hey. Like, a friend told me once, said the husband and the groom was dancing so much, said, oh, it was too local. That we, the bridesmaid, had to cover our face. Then, but you said you are an investment banker. You finished from Cornell. Oh, what, what kind of that? Say it's not Cornell. You see the deal I got. Six fifty million that came in is dance. Nobody says nah, dance. Finally, you sing. All right. One of it is the shout of victory. Balaam was asked to go and get it. Listen to this. Balaam. Remember when the walls were there, the shout brought it down. Balaam was told to go and curse the Jews. He told him, he said, this was his final word. He said, God has reconciled himself to these people. And they have reconciled themselves back to God with a shout of victory. In other words, what God has done for them, they have accepted it with a shout. He said, Barak, there is no divination or enchantment against these people. You can't curse a man who has the shout of victory. He said, from this day, he said, from this day, from, from this day, Just one more. Remember, holy. Remember Jehoshaphat. He followed this order. Armies were gathered against him. He called for a fast. Please understand this. Remember, David said, "He has, he has taken off my sackcloth and given me gladness." Sackcloth is what you wear when you are fasting. So he entered into a fast, and in the fast, it was changed from sorrow to gladness. That's why he said, he has changed my mourning into what? Dancing. Fearful thoughts into the expected end. Concerning singing. When we look at the Bible, the only time in scripture where we can really say, the timing of the activity of God was measured on the earth. When he started moving was when people started singing. The Bible says, and when the people began to sing, God set an ambushment. When the people began to sing. Not when they believed God would do it, but when they began to sing. God set an ambushment. Bible says Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises. Literal Greek says Paul and Silas prayed and when they started mingling praises with their prayers. Some of you have not mingled singing with your expectation. Are you following what I'm saying tonight? Now let me just say something before I go this important and since the friends have come. Paul preached 
And after I preached, he perceived that the man who was born lame had faith to be healed. He could have preached and walked away. That man would never have been healed. But the man had faith. So I perceive a sound in this building. That some people have carried things that they are ready to deliver tonight. Are you following what I'm saying? That there are things you have believed that you want to give birth to tonight. I'll ask the... Alright, come up. So if you are here and you are confronted, now whichever one, whichever manifestation suits what you are going through, let the demonstration of the Spirit begin. In other words, don't be conscious of your environment. If you are confronted, begin to laugh in the Spirit. Begin to laugh in the Holy Ghost. Begin to laugh in the Holy Ghost. Begin to dance in the Holy Ghost. Dance in the Holy Ghost for a manifestation of the Spirit. Turns my life around